The news called it a ghost ship. I didn't detect any ghosts from the outside, but the boat was enshrouded in thick colored skeins of gray fog and ghost light in gleaming watery shades, aqua and cerulean with thin whispers of violet twining through them all. I didn't see any ghosts per se, but there was definitely something paranormal going on, more than any reporter was likely to credit. I stood in the fog near the end of B-Dock, waiting, looking at the sea witch. The insurance paperwork called the old wooden boat a fantail motor yacht, designed by someone named Ted Geary, which I guessed was a big deal. I've dealt with boats before, but I'm certainly not an expert, and a lot of the technical information about this boat meant nothing to me. It had a long, low profile, relatively speaking, with a round stern and rakish angles that exuded a jazz age sense of power. I knew the family had money. The boat wasn't the only expensive object the insurance company that had hired me had covered for them. But the vessel wasn't flashy. In its current derelict and stained condition, freighted with mystery, it was grim. By all reports, official and speculative, the Sea Witch had cruised away from its berth in this same marina 27 years earlier and vanished from the knowledge of men, taking four passengers and one crewman with it. They'd never returned, but the boat had. Suddenly, and without any sign of hands aboard, it had simply been found one recent morning, standing at the end of its old dock. The derelict boat had been moved to be to rest with the abandoned, broken, seized, and foreclosed vessels until the truth of its reappearance could be ascertained. The story in the newspaper claimed that the boat had sailed into port under its own power. But really, the sea witch seemed to have arrived under cover of the strange, low-hanging morning fog that had swelled around the edges of the sound, and skulked below the bluffs every June morning in Seattle that year, making the hills and spires of the city appear as islands afloat in a haunted sea. Here it was, a lost ship piloted by no one living, returning to its berth after being presumed lost with all hands. Of course, that wasn't quite the truth of the matter, but it was close enough, and it raised the hit rate at the news websites by a thousand percent, which was far more important than veracity. Advertisers pay for eyeballs, not for unvarnished truth. The insurance company had paid the claim long ago, and when the sea witch reappeared, they were far more interested in where the boat had been all this time and why it wasn't a hotel for fish at the bottom of Puget Sound than in unraveling any ghostly sea stories. They felt it far more likely that someone had defrauded them than that the boat and its crew had somehow vanished and remained hidden for all this time. They wanted prosecutable answers. The case would have landed back with the original investigator, but he'd retired. And since freaky circumstances are my specialty, it didn't take long for the file to end up on my desk. This case had the smell of something that would taint your life and haunt your dreams for years afterward. So I wouldn't have blamed anyone who passed on it, especially since insurance investigations of this kind don't come with high-end recovery fees, just low-ball hourly wages and the occasional dinky bonus.
Insurance investigators are sometimes known to play fast and loose. So once the cops got involved, my colleagues were even less interested in contesting my assignment. Lucky me. I not only got the case, I knew the cop. And so I stood in the shreds of morning mist, waiting for Detective Ray Solis to arrive, show me aboard, and explain why the Seattle Police Department was involved in what should have been a matter for the maritime lawyers and insurance actuaries to scrap over in court. Something large and dark, maybe an otter hunting in the salmon run, splashed in the water beside the dock and made me jump. In the swirling fog, the sound of footsteps on the floating cement dock bounced off the water in a disorienting fashion. I turned my back to the boat and the unseen otter and stood still, waiting for something to emerge.